Hello everyone, welcome to the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast brought to you by Lifestyles Medicine. Today we bring you to the final part of our three-part series on type 2 diabetes. This was during a webinar that we did not too long ago where we had Dr. Wes Youngberg and Dr. John Kelly speak to us regarding the lifestyle medicine approach to addressing type 2 diabetes. We hope that you are blessed by this discussion. Dr. Kelly, uh, this one's for you. So you talked about uh, excess calories and weight gain and so forth. So a lot of people say, you know, nuts and seeds, nuts make you, they have, they have a lot of calories, nuts make you fat, so forth. Is, are nuts okay? What are your guidelines? What's your thoughts on nuts and seeds? Um, well, when it comes to type 2 diabetes, I do not find um, whole nuts to be a problem. Um, I do know, of course, and respect Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, who is one of the more prominent clinicians th- that uh, restricts nut intake for, for very severe heart disease patients. But in my own experience and studies that I'm aware of, the fact is that uh, whole nuts, especially whole raw nuts, are helpful, not harmful. And so I do not encourage people to avoid nuts at all, but to take them in moderation. Agreed. Dr. West, um, there's a lot of, uh, it's kind of a fad now, but you know, like intermittent fasting, time-restricted fasting, meal timing and all this. Uh, when someone has type 2 diabetes, uh, is there certain types of times of the day that they should be eating or does it matter? What are your thoughts on intermittent fasting, time-restricted fasting? Yeah, great question. I'm actually a big fan of this. And uh, I, I tell my patients that, um, it, the, the challenge has to do with what medicines they're currently taking. And, and our goal is to get to the point where we're adjusting the medicines to the lifestyle, not adjusting the lifestyle to the medicine, which yes. is going to get you into all kinds of trouble. Yes. But as you, as you initiate that uh, approach where you're adjusting your medicines to your new healthier lifestyle, you have to work with your prescribing physician and let them know that, what you're doing so that they can start adjusting your medicines immediately. Because if you're on insulin or if you're on the, the uh, medications that increase the production of insulin and in, in you're uh, produced by your pancreas and you, and, and you start exercising after meals and you start doing other forms of exercise to get fitter and you start um, eating a healthier diet and getting a lot of nutrients, all of a sudden your body's ability to, to control blood sugars improves dramatically, and now you're over-medicated. And so one of the worst things that can happen is that you end up in the emergency room because your blood sugars have crashed because you're on a healthy lifestyle program. <laughs> but the reality is, is that that happened because you, you did not adjust your medicines accordingly. So, so that's, that's a very important caveat that we always say at the beginning of any diabetic management program is that you have to be checking your blood sugars regularly before and preferably two hours after meals. The first week or two, I would do it before and two hours after every meal so that you get a feeling for what's going on and you can quickly then adjust your medications according to a a schedule that your doctor has given you knowing that you're going to be doing it. I basically tell your doctor, if I were to go on an intermittent fast or any form of fast, how would you restrict my medicine intake? And then follow that. I would, we would rather your blood sugar to run too high for a period of time than run too low. 
too low is far more dangerous than too high, especially in the short term. Right, and can right. you describe uh, intermittent fasting, like the time, time frames of intermittent So basically uh, eating a good breakfast and then five hours later or so, a, a good lunch. And then if you want to have a more rapid weight loss or reversal of insulin resistance, which is the main underlying driver of diabetes, then you just skip the evening meal. Now that's too, too dramatic for you. You eat a very light evening meal and then you have nothing to eat later than that early evening meal so that you have at least 12 or 14 hours of no calories between an early evening meal and your next breakfast. And so if you're, you're doing a 12 plus hour intermittent fast, that gives your body a chance to get used to burning its own fat stores. As Dr. Kelly pointed out, the, the, that's when you can get rid of some of that lipotoxicity associated with unnaturally high levels of fat built up in parts of your organs that damage the ability of the body to do what it's designed to do. Yeah, and I would, I would just add to that, that intermittent fasting can be done by fasting one day uh, a week, <clears throat> excuse me, but I do like the plan that, uh, that Dr. Youngberg just mentioned, which is actually, uh, if you look in the research, it's called early time-restricted feeding. Uh, this idea of intermittent fasting in uh, each day is called time-restricted feeding. Anyway, I know we're short on time and yeah, there's so, so much for that diabetics, you wouldn't want to do a full day of fasting because then that really messes up their, unless they're not on any meds. Correct. On medicines, a, you're better off setting a, a time-restricted eating option of that, which most yes. people still refer to as intermittent fasting, even though it's yeah. technically no, thank you for Thank you for ex, uh, explaining that. That's true. Yeah. I should definitely, it can be dar uh, harmful if you're, uh, on insulin or whatever, and you, you have nothing to eat all day, that's a problem. All right, uh, last few questions here. Dr. John, um, there's a lot of questions about, like, are there specific plant foods that people should be eating or not? Because like, you both talk about generally whole foods, plant-based. Um, so we know that means plant foods that are generally less processed. But even amongst fruits and vegetables, I do recommend like lower glycemic index. Like, are bananas okay? You know, people ask these types of questions. Uh, what are your sure. thoughts? Sure. No, those are good questions. And actually, I don't think we're going to be, uh, I mean, there's, indi there's individualized aspects to this. So I, I want to say that right off. Uh, I would, if I were a physician, I would certainly want to talk to the patient before answering the specific question for them. But overall, in general, um, we're, we're, diabetics have been taught to be way too afraid of food. It, it, it's, that's, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the food. Uh, but when I have had diabetics that are the most difficult to control, like Dr. Youngberg was saying, that maybe their, their pancreas has gotten weak and they can't produce as much endogenous insulin, uh, et cetera. But they are, I've had, I, I have patients all the time that say, but I will do whatever it takes to get off of medicine. And if they really are honest, then what, with that, I put them on the intermittent fasting he was talking about. So we're skipping suppers. And what I use for uh, meals is what, we, what I've come to call leaf, stem, and flower. Okay, so we're gonna give them veggies instead of fruits, most of, for the majority of their, of their diet. And we're gonna give it to them like cruciferous vegetables, the leaf, stem, and fruit. So we're gonna uh, have the uh, broccoli, we're gonna have uh, cauliflower, we're gonna have greens like kale and other kinds of things. Um, and cooked or raw uh, is fine. 
uh, and with some flavoring. But the bottom, where, where I'm headed is, um, this is only during this period of time that we're getting them their metabolism back to more normal. They, you do not have to eat like that for the rest of your life. You just have to, it's a therapeutic diet. And once, and I have all the time, people that start this way, they, re, they get their sugars under control, they get off their medicines, and then they start to eat more, a more normal whole food plant diet. Okay, good, good. So, uh, great, great. You know, uh, Dr. Wes Youngberg, uh, I want to show you something here. This is the Canadian Food Guide that's just released. Uh, as you can see, it's pretty good, but they still recommend kind of moderate use of animal foods. So what if someone says to you, um, you know, everything in moderation, just very quickly, would you comment, could you comment on that? Just everything in moderation, why you have to go uh, quote unquote extreme? Just well, quick. you know, it's, uh, remember, uh, food is politics, right? So it, it's been said that it's easier to change somebody's religion than it is to change their diet. And so um, in, in any organization, whether it's a nonprofit organization or a government organization or a government itself, there's always politics and you're never going to get a, a recommendation that is not watered down in, in, in terms of the science. There's always going to be compromise from any recommendation or any consensus development statement. And so that's why I choose to listen to the experts that I trust more so than organizations, because you're always going to get a watered down kind of a mediocre uh, approach when you listen to organizations. But, but uh, speaking to your question directly, um, there's, uh, uh, Dr. Walter Willett, who is one of the most respected nutritional epidemiologists ever from Harvard University, uh, said it best when, when he says, you know, there's, there's definitely some foods we should avoid completely, and there's definitely some foods that we should, that should we take in on a regular basis. And there, there's many other foods that uh, are, are maybe what we call yellow light foods or, 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 um, or secondary, second-class foods. And so uh, in our programs and in the book, Goodbye Diabetes, we outline the green light foods, which means have added, enjoy it, eat as much as you want of those. And then the yellow light foods are, I gotta be a little bit more cautious. Those are okay to incorporate, but you have to, you, those are the foods that you eat in moderation. And then, and then the, the uh, red light foods are the ones that now, you, you know, you stop, you just completely avoid those. So it's also known as first, second, third class food. So do you want to have first class help or do you want to have third class help? So, it's, you know, these are really our choices. I never force anything on anybody because I believe that each person is the chairman or the chairwoman of their own health. Nobody else should have control over what we do for our health. No one. Okay, that's our decision. But we need to, we need to accept the consequences of our choices. And not, and not force other people to pay for those consequences, right? Uh, because it's on us. So the, when people say it's too hard, like we see on the screen, okay, it's too hard to change my diet. Well, yeah, you know, not, nothing is easy, right? But um, is that harder than going through the complications of COVID-19? Is that harder than having a heart attack or a stroke? Is that harder than having your leg amputated? Is it harder than going blind or having all the complications associated with diabetes? Absolutely not. It's relatively easy to do this if 
you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And so um, I just encourage everybody listening to say, no, it's not too hard. Okay. It's, it's a willingness to put ourselves out there and make choices and learn about how to do this. And so I applaud uh, you, Dr. Cho, and your organization there in Toronto and for, the, for, for fellow Canadians and people all over the world watching that this information is doable. It's not too hard, okay? Especially if you decide it's not going to get you down. Great. And for those who are wondering why he brought up COVID-19 at the start, we talked about how uh, they're finding that those who have diabetes, hypertension, other chronic diseases have a greater risk of getting severe forms or severe illness from COVID-19. And just to comment, you know, I guess everyone draws a line somewhere, right? No one actually believes in everything in moderation. Dr. Kelly, just one last question before we close off here. Uh, there's a question about juicing. Uh, do you think juicing is good? How much? When? Uh, what's your thoughts? Very quick. Yeah, yeah, yes. That, that's a really great question. And bottom line is, keep in mind that juicing usually refers to uh, a refined product. You take a, a, a whole food and you put it through a juicer and you end up with pulp on one, comes out one place and juice another place. We call it a smoothie if it's got everything, the whole thing. So I don't actually recommend juicing or juices. I recommend uh, uh, the entire food. So smoothie would be a more appropriate way to do this. I have definitely found that you can make uh, green smoothies uh, and they can be very effective way to help you change your diet. So if that's something that someone likes and they make them in such a way that it's a whole food, uh, yes, I think it works well, can work well. Great, thank you. And you know, just to close off, uh, so Dr. Wes already addressed the question on the screen. Dr. Kelly, you're also a clinician. You're not just a researcher. You've seen many, many patients. Someone's listening to this saying, you know, plant, whole foods, plant-based, cutting out meat, dairy, this sounds really uh, too hard. I'm pretty sure you have had patients who've had the concern. Can you, uh, what would you say to that? Someone's listening to this saying, you know, this sounds really hard. Well, let, Wes, let me, uh, I'm going to be brief. Let me go first and then you can uh, finish. Oh, I already I did it. Go for it. <laughs> but anyway, I just want to say that I have, the, of course, we have this all the time. And, and I work with, there are people who say, you know, Dr. John, I have, I've tried this before. I've tried many times and it just won't work. And so I spend time with them trying to encourage them. Will you give this a trial? Will you give, will you give me two weeks? If you give me two weeks, then evaluate. Is this going to work for me or not? And so what I do then is I, tell, I help them to see that, number one, what they're doing with their lifestyle change is changing the switches on their genes. We can literally change one cell into another cell, as I'm sure you know, Dr. Cho and Dr. Youngberg, maybe not all of our audience, but, they, they, but we now are able to take a fibroblast and change the gene switches and turn it into a functioning heart cell. It's been done in mice. That's how powerful, I'm telling you this because that's how powerful changing switches is. And the most powerful modulator or change agent for uh, gene switches is diet. I can change more gene switches more rapidly by changing my diet than anything. So why am I talking about this? The person was saying it was hard because when you understand the power of lifestyle, it becomes a lot less of a problem. If you think of it, oh, I'm going to have to fast. I'm going to have to give up this. Or give. No, it's not about giving up. It's about actually turning on the switches that will give you good health. And, that, and it's a very different way of looking at it. The other thing I say about sounding too hard is 
I tell them about this study that was published uh, in Diabetologia uh, two or three years ago, maybe it was four or five. But anyway, the, the, the Taylor Group from the United Kingdom published a study uh, showing that they reversed the uh, triacylglycerols in the liver and in the pancreas within just a matter of a, of a week or two. And, uh, and the insulin response of the pancreas normalized in four weeks. When they, they then started getting people calling and asking them, can I put myself on this diet? They published a study showing uh, almost 100 people who had put themselves on a very low energy diet to reverse their diabetes. And the interesting thing was this, they, they asked them about working with their doctor, about one third of them, their doctor worked with them to change their medicines and whatever. One third didn't tell their doctor that they were doing it. And the other third, the doctor told them, oh my goodness, don't do that. So my point is, it's, it, it may sound too hard. I'm glad that word is in there, sound. It sounds hard, but it's actually very easy. And the studies show that when you see results, when you see the reversal of your disease and you feel better than you ever have, it seems easy to you. And let me just add to that, if you're checking your blood sugars both before each meal and two hours after the beginning of that meal, and you're looking at the impact of the change of diet, start, start with the first two days not changing your diet, see what happens. Most people never know how high their blood sugar goes after true, a meal. True. So they see, oh my goodness, my blood sugar is over 300 or, or you know, two, three times higher than it should be. And then they start checking it after they implement the meal changes, the exercise after the meal changes. And all of a sudden, now they're convinced because they see the power associated with yes. these relatively simple strategies. Thank you so much. Uh, so thank you, Dr. Wes and Dr. Kelly for your input, your insight on nutrition. I know that due to time we couldn't address other aspects of diabetes care like exercise and so forth. We'll probably address those in future lectures uh, just to remind everyone that you can also follow Dr. Wes and Dr. Kelly on different platforms of course we had talked about Dr. Wes's book Goodbye Diabetes and he also has a program that's online called Diabetes Undone I highly recommend it also there's a website called audioverse.org where you can listen to Dr. Wes and Dr. Kelly's talks if you search on there I'm pretty sure you're also on YouTube as well also just want to thank the organizations that put this on Pathways to Holy that's a medicine clinic Lifestyle is Medicine, and of course, the Downsview Santa Adventist Church. We want to thank the church so much for sponsoring and supporting this program. 